Hello and welcome to Afraid to Ask. This is a podcast where we ask all the questions you don't want to. No matter how stupid or contrived, we're here to answer those questions for you. My name's Mike. And my name's Jane. And today we're asking the question, what is an entrepreneur or how can I be one? In this episode, we're joined by Sarah Trotman, who's the Director of Business Relations, International and Engagement at AUT. And she's going to talk to us a bit more about that. Later in the episode, we'll throw to our man Stan on the streets of AUT campus, who's going to ask AUT students what they think of entrepreneurship and if they can even spell the word. If you want to get in contact with us or um, ask your own questions for a future episode, you can tweet with the hashtag, hashtag AskAUT. So let's get on to it. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? I say who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on first. What's the deal with airplane peanuts? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? At this point, I'm too afraid to ask. Why? We... Want to explore this idea of entrepreneurship? I mean, what is an entrepreneur, and, and how are they different to just any other business owner? Well, it's not necessarily somebody that's had three ideas by the time they've got out of bed. Um, it's somebody nice. with a really good idea, with a huge amount of tenacity, with a strong network within the field that they want to build that business in, uh, with excellent professional advisors. And mostly a real vision, which is often quite an optimistic, courageous vision to um, not necessarily just make a lot of money, but actually build a very successful business. Entrepreneurs are not often driven by the money, they're driven by the thrill of success. Uh, And your average business owner, if you think about a spectrum, you've got failure, you've got success. Entrepreneurs are very comfortable at either end of that. Obviously more comfortable in success than failure. (laughs) But your average business owner tends to sit in the middle. So they're not typically stretching themselves as much as an entrepreneur. So you would say entrepreneurs are a lot more risk tolerant? Absolutely they are. Mm. Mm. What about people who um, have these great ideas? They might not have had, you know, been in the game for a long time, um, but they've definitely got that the, a great idea. How how do they turn it into a reality? How do they become an entrepreneur? So, I think what's very important with entrepreneurs is that they are actually open to market feedback. They are often quite um, driven people, and they're not particularly good at getting feedback on their ideas because they actually believe in their ideas so passionately. And of course we want entrepreneurs, budding entrepreneurs, to believe in an idea passionately, but we can't have them blind to advice that's given to them by sage entrepreneurs. So the first thing that I would recommend for somebody that had a business idea or actually wanted to be involved in an entrepreneurial venture, because of course you may have entrepreneurial skills, but you may not have a business idea. Now, I've thought of um, two fantastic business ideas today. So it's about, if, if you're in that boat, it's about tapping in with somebody that hasn't yet got ideas. Right. Um, but you've got the entrepreneurial skill and also the resource. How do you, where do we find these, um, these people, the entrepreneurs, if you've got this idea, but you don't have that entrepreneurial skill? Where's a good place to sort of start? I guess it depends on what the idea relates to and uh, you don't necessarily need to find an entrepreneur that has established a very successful business 
within the same sector because the fundamental principles of business apply regardless of what sector that you're in. What you do need to do is identify somebody that's prepared to give you some um, quality time. Mm. So if I was somebody that had a really good idea and no money, Mm. I'd be teaming up with somebody obviously that had some cash and some smarts. There's no point putting somebody with a really good idea and no smarts together with somebody that's got cash and no smarts. Mm. (laughs) All you're going to do is burn a lot of cash. So it's really about... And and listeners might get a bit frustrated with this answer because the truth of the matter is that every business idea is so vastly different and the networks required to implement that idea and that vision are often very different. So it's about getting some mentoring or some one-on-one advice from a number of different people, say five different people who have actually established a business before and they will point you in the right direction and from there you'll be away. But you do need to be open to listening to the advice. Right. What, I mean, it's all well and good to say, look for advice, find some mentors, but where do, I mean, where do you even start looking to find a mentor? I think going to business events is a very smart idea. So if you think about the Employees and Manufacturers Association or the Chamber of Commerce, or there are a number of different business groupings. I know um, here at AUT Business School, we have a lot of events where entrepreneurs will come and share their story for students and student clubs. So if you go along and you listen... Um, you will learn a huge amount, but also in the audience, you often get other budding entrepreneurs. So you want to clearly save the critical business questions to a very, for a very experienced entrepreneur and perhaps save numerous other questions for people that have already sort of um, been on the journey for a few years. So I think it's important to have a range of people to bounce ideas off and be very selective about what questions you want those people to answer. How long is it going to take? I've got these ideas, I've got these people on board to help me when I'm going to make a success of it. How long does it usually take or is there a time? I think I will have mentored over three to 400 business owners in the last 20 years and I can tell you there is not one that came to me with a realistic vision of where their business will be in three years' time. So what I can tell you is that it's going to cost you three times more than you expect and it's going to take three times as long as you expect. Don't be in a rush to give up an equity stake at the very beginning. What you might find if you do that is that you've given up an equity stake to actually the wrong partner and then exiting that business relationship is um, is a real challenge. So ensuring a strong partnership agreement with anyone you do give an equity stake to and that partnership agreement should articulate who's responsible for what and what contribution they'll make and what happens if they don't make that contribution. Just talking about equity stakes and and things, there's obviously, uh, we've seen a lot in in recent years, people kind of raise capital with with Kickstarter or crowdsourcing equity or other parts. What do you think are the the big advantages of doing that and where are the big pitfalls that people might not consider? I think, uh, what do I think? If I was to raise funds... I would tend to do it more discreetly than a public sort of pledge me or a Kickstarter crowdsourcing type campaign. That said, I haven't got a huge amount of experience in those campaigns, so you might like to speak to somebody else. But I tend to think that actually going and having a conversation with a key strategic partner where you're giving up 
uh, an equity stake to somebody that's actually got enormous resource. So not just the cash, but also staff and smarts in their organisation. For me, is a smarter way to go. So I'm less interested in having numerous investors that I've got to keep informed every step of the way. Remembering, of course, that um, startups are hugely risky ventures. Two thirds of them fail over a very short period of time. So you really want to give your business idea the best possible chance. If you're a student at AUT and you're listening to this, probably the most that you're going to bring to that um, startup is that extremely good idea. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because you're also bringing the huge passion and the resource in your time to go and make that idea happen. So you would be crazy not to team up with, say, a large multinational that can then take your idea to market, not just in New Zealand, but globally. Sarah, there's a lot of talk, and I know you've talked about it as well, about um, failure with um, startups. Do you think it's important to fail as an entrepreneur or have that experience? No, I don't think it's important to fail. Failure is a very bruising experience. So I was probably a bit unrealistic when I said that entrepreneurs can sit very comfortably with failure or success. Failure is... It's a devastating experience for many, many people. And sadly, we don't talk about business failure enough. So Smita Singh, one of our uh, academics in the business school, has got a PhD in entrepreneurial failure. And one of the key things that she found is that people don't talk about it. They feel very embarrassed about it, which is such a disappointment. And if you look through social media or business publications or the general media, we're always celebrating great entrepreneurs, but we never discuss business failure. It is challenging. You've got to make sure that you've got excellent advisors in your business. And they are advisors that have been with you every step of the way. So when you do come up against some hurdles, and I know we, I appreciate that we're talking about failure specifically as opposed to just a hurdle, what you've got is you've got a range of professional advisors that you've invested good money in who can point you in the direction that you should be going in. Why I think it's very important to have a range of professional advisors that have actually been with you through every step of the journey is that they understand what tenacity that that you've got. They understand whether you've got resilience. They understand whether you're pie in the sky. Quite a few entrepreneurs that come up, you know, early entrepreneurs are pie in the sky. I'll tell you my pet hate is young people that tell me they're a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> um, I, I find that that really damages their credibility in my eyes. So um, failure, it's a tough space to be, but I can tell you, uh, you learn way more from failure than success. Craig Heatley, who founded Sky TV in New Zealand, is an entrepreneur that I have a huge amount of respect for. And he said once that you feel failure 10 times more than you feel success. It's not a pleasant place to be, but the learnings are fantastic. Well, serial entrepreneurs, meaning they start something every five minutes and fail at it mostly get on to the next thing or I'm really not sure what <laughs> when they say she's here you're either an entrepreneur or you're not right okay. um, and I think you want to be very careful I would never call myself a serial entrepreneur but as I say I've already had two ideas today in fact I've got to share them with you can I yeah. so any well, of your well, listeners yeah. can come and see me if they want some advice on implementing this idea my grandfather said to me once where there's muck there's money Basically, where there's muck, there's money. 
and um, I was putting out my rubbish bin this morning and it is filthy. It's been there on the street for the last 10 years and I've never put the hose in it and cleaned it out and nor do I want to. So I think that I was doing the sums on the back of an envelope while I was eating my muesli and I reckon that for $45 each rubbish bin, and you can't tell me that people in Remuera, Parnell and Mount Eden and Herne Bay won't pay $45 to have their grotty rubbish bin um, cleaned out, <laughs> you could make a killing cleaning people's rubbish bins. Um, so that was the first idea. What was the other one? Oh, the other one was I read an article this morning on my social media timeline around the fact that plastic coffee cups do so much damage to the environment. And I thought, why can't people actually design a paper coffee cup? Let's face it, we all drink, even if it's just the lid, Mm. which is the thing that does the most damage, why can't that be a cardboard lid? We all drink our coffee within 10 minutes, so it's not as if it's going to sit and stew and blend into the paper. So that was my second idea. Nice. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I guess the best kind of, well, the top kind of entrepreneurs out there that have made a real go of... um, um, their businesses, the sort of the Elon Musk's, the Mark Zuckerberg's. Um, what gives them the X factor, or have they had failures? Has that made them, or you know, what what's um, let them achieve such great heights? Well, um, where others had failed. I tend to have a policy of only commenting on entrepreneurs that I've actually met. Um, And the one that I admire the most in New Zealand would be Sir George Fistinich. And if any of your listeners um, would like a copy of that book, if they perhaps email me at uh, AUT, then I'll put them in a drawer and um, maybe we could work out how we could offer up, say, five of those books to your listeners who have a a business idea. What I love about Sir George Fistinich is he failed in a very spectacular way, actually not dissimilar to my my business failure five years ago. And um, I think I think it was receivership or liquidation that his business went into. He is one of New Zealand's largest exporters now. Villa Maria is an outstanding business and I just hold him up on a pedestal because of the resilience, the patience and the crystal clear clarity that he has had right throughout his business career. That's that's really good. I'll, I'll be emailing you as soon as we finish this podcast to try and get a copy of that Yeah, book fantastic. It's a great book um, and it's written by... A man who has such a depth of integrity and experience in business, you will just hang off his every word. There's no shortage of entrepreneurs that write books, but Sir George George is certainly up there in terms of um, one of my heroes, as is actually Craig Heatley um, from Sky TV and a number of other ventures. I know firsthand that Sir George, even at his uh, ageing years, is still very hands-on with the business in there most days and and always has an opinion on, on what the organisation should yeah. be doing. Yeah, so. he's. I mean, he's pretty passionate about it. I was out picking somebody up from the airport at six o'clock one morning, one Saturday morning, and saw him come off a plane from an international flight. So he's, he, you know, and you ask, what is the X factor? Well, actually, it's a passion and drive, and it's bloody hard work. Mm. Mm. Are there any, uh, I mean, Sir George and, and the Villa Maria stories is an iconic New Zealand success. Are there any emerging entrepreneurs or sort of startups doing really well or things that are growing that, I guess, stories stories that you really like and are following closely? 
Um, well, let me give you uh, two fabulous women, and I'm not actually following their stories closely, but I keep tabs on them. The first is a woman called Karen Morell, who I met many years ago, and she's a woman that has experienced some real hurdles in business, but she um, produces lipsticks and I think possibly even other cosmetics, but she is an entrepreneur that I've got huge regard for. Again, huge integrity, drive, resilience. These are just fundamental skills and attributes that an entrepreneur needs. Somebody else I have huge regard for is Adriana Christie. Now, Adriana is on the local board, one of the local boards here at the Auckland Council, but she also runs a social enterprise called the Pallet Kingdom. So she takes pallets and recreates, saves them from going into the environment and recreates furniture. So definitely a woman to watch. Uh, she's just incredible. On that, so so both those examples, one which lipstick, so there's obviously a huge market of lipstick already around, one a bit different. Do you think it matters? Do you think you've got more chance of coming up with an original idea or if you've got a an idea of something that's already in the market but a way you can make it better? Is there sort of an advantage either way or is it more down to the quality of the idea? Um, Look, it's down to the quality of the idea. You asked earlier at the beginning of this podcast what makes an entrepreneur. It's somebody that's constantly looking for a problem that needs solving. Mm -hmm. So, you know, many of your listeners will think, I'm not going out to clean rubbish bins with Sarah Trotman. That's just, you know, that's below me. But actually, that's a massive problem. <laughs> and I'm going to be going on about it, I'm sure. Mike, there's an opportunity. <laughs> my, my rubbish bins are filthy, but I've got kids, and um, I can pay pocket money. Yeah, so. well, I've got kids too, but the problem is they, the they kids won't do, do a good job because the rubbish bin's so high. Um, mm. Anyway, uh, that's a really good idea. Trust me, it's going to work. So it's around about solving a problem. Mm. Hey, guys, Stan here. I'm on the streets, and today... I'm talking to people about entrepreneurship. Do you know how to spell entrepreneur? Hold on. E N T R A. I wouldn't trust you all of us. E A. Wait, what is the A coming? I can't use it. E N T R A P R A N E U R. Entra. E E N T R A. Is it entre? P R E N E U R. Is it E N T R E P E N U E R? Wait, it's Prenur. Entre. Prenur. Is it Prenur? Entre. No, I don't Do you guys have any um, million dollar business ideas that you're willing to share with me? Anything that you think, oh man, I could make a killing of that? I would, I'd be trying to do it if I did. <laughs> if you could come out with something that makes you stay young forever, that would be great. I feel like if you had a million dollar idea, you'd keep it to yourself, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so, yeah, so are you kind of hinting to me that you've got a million dollar idea? Yeah, we, well, we've got plenty of ideas, but we're not going to share it to you. <laughs> Do you think um, having too much success can be a problem? Can you get sloppy? Uh, or isn't that not really an issue? I don't think the issue is too much success. The issue is that entrepreneurs are always ambitious for the next thing. I'll never forget Bill Day, who one entrepreneur said to me once, and he is so right, entrepreneurs are the sort of people that make love to the partners thinking, 
this would be so much better on satin sheets. <laughs> so you're always living in the future thinking, this would be better if. So if you take my business, which was a um, business support model, and we had a range of initiatives. Well, it started running a business expo at the Auckland Showgrounds. We got about 12,000 business owners through the doors. After a year, I got bored with that, so we took it to Wellington. Then I got bored with that, so we took it to Christchurch. So suddenly we were in Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch, got bored with that, so established the Excellence in Business Support Awards. Then we produced a magazine that went to 40,000 business owners, got bored with that, so decided to put it online, made the biggest mistake of my um, career, chose a supplier that resulted in me spending half a million dollars in the online venture and in effect I would have been much happier flushing that money down the toilet and then of course I went took the model into Australia so I just felt invincible then the GFC hit (laughs) now the GFC is not the um, the reason why my business model failed it failed because I was too optimistic I felt too invincible and entrepreneurs are always like that they they live in the future so if you ever said to me so what are you most proud of in your entrepreneurial journey I'd go oh I don't know I can't remember you know you're <laughs> always living in the future so with that that sense of invincibility uh, coming back to the the failure and the fact that we don't talk about failure maybe as much as we should do you need to, to maybe have failed? Or is it safer to have failed when things are a little bit small so that you know what failure is when things are really enormous and the, the failure becomes that much greater? Look, if you fail small, you're not likely to learn the lessons of people that fail when it's a fairly spectacular failure. And that in itself is okay, because why would you want a spectacular failure to learn those lessons? What you have to do as an entrepreneur is you have to seek out, and there's no shortage of them, people who have failed in a fairly spectacular way. If you don't have an advisory board, if you don't have a quality lawyer, if you don't have a quality accountant, trust me, your business will fail. Because you... I'm a parent as well, Mike, and... um, Running a business is way more complex than parenting. And any of your listeners that know about parenting will know it can be a pretty hell job at times. So running a business way more complex than parenting. You do need to get excellent people around you. Good advice. Um, you mentioned the, the Excellence in Business Support Awards. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because and, and, obviously that's, that's now running out of AUT and, and your involvement with with. university so I sold the license to the Excellence in Business Support Awards which were established 11 years ago to AUT I established them along with what was then the Ministry of Economic Development of course now it's MB and they gave me $50,000 basically to establish a model that enabled world-class businesses to identify world-class business support. So if we want world-class businesses in New Zealand, clearly we need world-class business support, whether it's phone systems or banks or business mentoring, accountants, lawyers. So there's this... uh, The reason why they were established is I found that the... When I was running the business expos, which in effect was a B2B trade show, Mm -hmm. I found there was real fragmentation in the business support space. So the business average business owner would go down to the pub and talk to their mates about their business as opposed to talk to somebody that had actually got experience in that. So it was about bringing business owners together to rub shoulders with other business owners. There is no point in an entrepreneur bouncing ideas off their mother or their father if 
those people have never run a business or their mates. You've got to you've got to build a network of people that understand the fundamentals of business and will help you scale that business up. I can see similarities in that to um, just contestants on American Idol sort of talking to their parents about whether or not they can sing and then actually <laughs> to a judge that points out how utterly just mind-blowingly wrong they've been because they haven't spoken to someone who will give them honest, sage, true mm-hmm. advice. Mm-hmm. And if you have been through the process of the AUT Business School Excellence and Business Support Awards, you will find it quite onerous in a good way. It's a very time-consuming process that causes you to reflect on the fundamental aspects of your business, and there's about seven of them. So you really delve into your customer focus. You really delve into the quality of your product offering. You delve into the leadership of the organisation. So if you've been a winner in those Business School Excellence and Business Support Awards, you are certainly the creme de la creme in terms of... um, demonstrating best practice in running a business I think in closing is there anything else you could offer as advice to um, young up and coming um, people who may have you know a great idea or, or have an entrepreneurial bent I think I'm going to leave um, you with only one comment there because if I gave you a range people wouldn't appreciate how important this particular point is. So that's great that you've got an idea or it's great that you've got entrepreneurial skills and want to seek out somebody that's got an idea. You must listen to the seasoned entrepreneurs that you go and seek advice from. If you listen and you write to them to say thank you for their time and you write to them to give them updates on their bus- on your business, they will keep tabs on you every step of the way and they will build a trust with you that will mean that they will open their networks to you and that is gold. Nice. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. It's some, some great advice and uh, for all those listening, just consider cleaning rubbish bins. <laughs> So that's it. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can reach us on Twitter, hashtag AskAUT. Tell us all your questions. Find us on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. We're everywhere. Please um, rate and review us on iTunes as well and tell your friends about this podcast. I want to go start a business. You know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You What does Marcellus Wallace look like? What's the deal with that? What's the matter with me, man? What's the matter with you? Speak English and what? How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? I say who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on first. What's the deal with everything? You understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? At this point, I'm too afraid to ask.